You're now tuned in to Life Song Radio, a weekly podcast dedicated to accurately studying the Word of God in a comprehensive and biblical manner. Listen in as host Phil Ramsey and Blake Shankle dig into the Word line by line, verse by verse, leaving no stone unturned. Grab your Bible and your notebook and get prepared to study the living, breathing, active Word of God. Now, here are your hosts of Life Song Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Life Song Radio. My name is Blake Shankle, and again, no Phil Ramsey today, but Tom Hammond is in his seat, and it is a big seat to fill. Tom? It's a big seat to fill, and it just keeps going down. What's that all about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We're going to have to check the legs on that sucker. <laughs> I don't know what's happening here. I don't know. It's not a movable chair. It's about as old as this church is, I think. We found these things in the back back there, but we, you know, uh, it, in fact, it makes me sit down so low. I feel like when I'm on TV, I'm really low, and uh, I'm a short guy, which I'm short anyway, so I need something to prop me up. But I've said it much worse. Okay, they're, good. They're, they're, they're good. <laughs> Tom, good to see you. Good to have you back again for another episode of Life Song Radio, folks. Uh, uh, again, we talked to uh, uh, Tom last week, kind of introduced uh, him. If you haven't seen him in a while, uh, Tom is a, uh, he is the uh Teaching pastor or teaching, uh, uh, I don't know what you call yourself, teaching pastor at Grace uh, uh, Community Bible Church in Dyersburg, Tennessee. And so, Tom, good to have you back and so thankful for your ministry and for great, being here. Great to be here and, and, and love what you guys are doing here. Well, thank you. Just so much. Thank you. Well, we appreciate it. We appreciate you. You support us so much. And, you know, we're kind of all tied in this together. It's, it's just interesting, our stories and stuff. But we're so thankful for your ministry. Thankful to be back behind the mic again today. We are talking about water baptism. We are talking about baptism. Baptism. Last, our last episode. If you want to check it out, with Tom, you and I, we discussed uh, is baptism required for salvation, and we discussed that. And and that's uh, and if you want to understand where we, uh, well, in fact, we'll just tell you. Uh, Baptism is not required for salvation. We will say that, and I will say that adamantly because I think that uh, uh, that is a false doctrine, if you will. Um, that's a false uh, false teaching and uh, adding to salvation. But if you want to hear more about that, go back and listen to our episode prior to this. But what we want to talk about today, and we, we segued into it last week, is, is Peter still gives us a command to be baptized. And I would add a non-negotiable command. Well, so, so you know, we're saying on one hand, water baptism is not required for salvation, <laughs> but we'll turn right around and say it's a non-negotiable commandment huh. that every born again believer must obey. So when you say that, we know it's very important. Then this is a very important um, uh, command. This is a very important ordinance to the church. What does Great Grace Community Bible Church believe? We believe that uh, Jesus gave us two. Uh, ordinances that we have to follow and obey. One is to observe the Lord's uh, Supper in remembrance of Him until He comes again. The second one is water baptism uh, by immersion. We're going to talk about that in this yeah. show. While we uh, go the route of immersion, we're not there yet. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But uh, that is our stance on that and that they are not sacraments. What we mean by uh, sacraments is that the churches who teach that grace is dispensed through participating in the Lord's Supper or grace is dispensed through following uh, uh, the Lord's command of water baptism, in other words, salvation comes through those things. We don't teach that at all. But we teach that they are commands that, that we have to obey and follow that are, uh, and frankly, they're very indicative of whether or not being born again, regeneration has actually occurred or not. 
Uh, it's pretty tough to make an argument. If you go to Romans 10, it says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. It's kind of hard to make the argument that I have confessed him as Lord. And by the way, the very first command I'm told I have to obey of my Lord, I'm not doing it. Hmm. Uh, it yeah. Th- that's pretty indicative. Uh, that's a pretty big red flag. Very good point. Uh, on that. So that's why we say this is non-negotiable. If you've truly been born again, you've truly confessed Jesus as Lord, he's your Lord, he's your master, and you want to obey his commands. Uh, and, and Jesus says, you know, he says, if you're ashamed of me before man, he says, this is somewhere back in Luke, I'll have to look it up. Uh, he says, if, if, if you're ashamed of me before men, he said, I'm going to be ashamed of you before the Father. Hmm. So it, it ties into some of that too because I think what you really want to talk about today why is this so important? And the reason why it's so important is because it is a proclamation. The act of water baptism is a proclamation of certain spiritual truths that Scripture does explain to us if we're if we're willing to look. Absolutely, let's look at that. And again, we're we're saying here of just just so we clarify is we're 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 not saying salvation is a um, uh, or salvation is based on you being baptized. However, what we're saying is, is that the, what's the relationship? The relationship is is of obedience to salvation. This this is a this is an obedient act into what Christ has given us as a command. So yeah, let's look at this a little bit, and because Peter says, he says here, I mean, we can't get around it. Repent, and each of you be baptized. So there's this command: be baptized, right? And we talked about in the name. He says, in the name of Christ. For the forgiveness of sin, we talked about what the for the forgiveness of sin is last week, but but this be baptized, it's it's uh, very important. First thing that jumps out at me uh, in what you've just said is that this didn't confuse anyone. The Jews in his audience already knew what he was talking about. This this idea of baptism, that, you know, no, no, wait a minute, Peter, what are you talking about here? Now. You can make the same statement, observation, when John the Baptist started baptizing in the Jordan River three years prior to this. they were The Jews were going out to the Jordan River. Uh, uh, John the Baptist was offering a baptism of repentance. And nowhere it does it say he was having to explain to them what baptism was. Mm. They knew what it was before they ever got out there, uh, what he was doing, what, you know, what baptism was and meant. The reason they knew this is because baptism had had uh, actually been part of the Jewish uh, faith for centuries leading up to this. They were very familiar with, with water baptism. Uh, and, and particularly what I'm talking about is when, now if you were born in, into the Jewish uh, bloodline, uh, the males were circumcised on the eighth day, and that was a sign that they were part of the covenant people. But in Judaism, they were also open to non-Jews coming into the Jewish faith, they were called proselytes. These were people who had not been born Jewish, but were from other nations, Gentiles, if you will, uh, that wanted to adopt the Jewish faith. And they could actually do that. They, they could become part of the Jewish faith, but they had to go through a three-step process, ritual, if you will, uh, to, to be recognized as a proselyte Jew. Uh, the first one, uh, and uh, these are just Hebrew words. They're, they're, they're uh, I'll just pronounce them as best I can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 
You, the, do it, yeah. I'm, do I'm, it in your best Halls, uh, Tennessee accent, if yeah. you will. You know, Ray Comfort and I argue all the time. He says he wants my accent, and I say I want his. Yeah. But I accuse him. Of, you know, Ray Comfort, if you're married with him in New Zealand, I, I tell him uh, he, he, he's he got a fake New Zealand accent because <laughs> because his dog's not cute enough. <laughs> so that's, if his dog was cuter, he wouldn't have to have that fake accent. That's exactly right. But uh, no, Ray and I, we, we kid a lot. But let's go back to this thing. What did what did a proselyte have to do to be, to become a, a full blown bona fide, if you will, member of the Jewish faith? First thing he had to do was uh, was go through a ritual called the Milah, M I L A H mm-hmm. is the way I spell it, and this was nothing but circumcision for the males, and it didn't matter how old you were. It was it, you know, and uh, the males had to agree to be circumcised. So, uh, and frankly, you know, I've heard arguments made that when the church dropped that, uh, when they didn't go the way of circumcision, it actually helped the church grow, hmm. you know. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't get too far into this, right. but I mean, you, you can see why that's really not a crowd getter yeah. when that's step one. Yeah. But that, <laughs> that was step one. Quickly get away from that one, right? We don't. We, you know what? We're, we'll skip that 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 uh, tradition there if we will. When we get in, you know, I think that's why. Is that why they had the Jewish uh, the Jerusalem Council? Yeah, that was. That was hey, let's get rid of this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then the second. Okay, that's the Malah. The males who the the male proselytes had to be circumcised because that was the sign of the covenant. Right. The second step was called the the, the tabula. Is the way I pronounce it. And this was an immersion into water, symbolizing the death of the former self. And most particularly, this was with regard to pagan uh, religions and idolatry. Most of these proselytes came out of nations that had uh, false religions, uh, worshipped a lot of idols, that sort of thing. And what this immersion did, this immersion into water, was this was symbolizing a death to all of that. Okay. And uh, that's actually part of what water baptism in the church symbolizes. We'll yeah. get to that a little bit later. Yeah. But so so the Jews were already familiar with that. The last, the third step was called the the uh, cor- korban. This was an animal sacrifice. They would after being uh, being circumcised after the an immersion into water, and I'm going to talk about what immersion means here shortly. But after that, then they would sacrifice an animal, and uh, of course this was. Uh, to meet God's uh, requirement for the shedding of blood for the atonement of sin, which has gone all the way back to Adam and Eve. You know, God slayed animals so that they would have skins to cover their nakedness Correct. after they had sinned. Abel, you know, his, his sacrifice was acceptable because yep. there was blood. So that had been established by God all the way back in Genesis, and the proselyte had to recognize that through an animal sacrifice. Now, it's interesting to keep in mind, we as the church, we still have uh, in, incorporate that a recognition that God requires blood, but it's actually through the, the other ordinance we talked about, the Lord's Supper. So when we take the Lord's Supper, we are recognizing that a blood sacrifice had to be made for the atonement of sin. So it, it's very interesting. This is very closely tied to uh, at least two of them, those last two steps are tied to even things that the true church practices today in, in following the Lord's command of those two ordinances. But the Jews would have been very familiar with water baptism. They knew exactly what Peter was talking about. Yes. So there was no, there was no uh, denying of what Peter was saying when they, and, and he's speaking to a predominantly Jewish 
audience as well right there and and so they wouldn't have they wouldn't have understood this as they needed to be saved be uh uh they were saved because of uh, baptism. They wouldn't have understood that. They no. wouldn't have understood this was symbolic. And you said that the Gentiles were done it. They they knew that that it was a symbol then, and this would have been a symbol at this point. You said they were predominantly Jews. I agree with that, but they weren't predominantly uh, blood Jews. But and the reason for that was the reason for the speaking in the various languages. That's true. Uh, higher up in Acts two, yep. that, that they started speaking in all these different tongues, not gibberish. Yep. real languages uh, to these proselytes who had come from all from over for the for this the feast. Uh, feast of the first fruits, yep. Pentecost. Absolutely, absolutely. So we see this, and you're right. That is a great point: is that they understood this, so they understood what baptism was, but they also would have had to understood that there was a. We talked about this last time, just a little bit, that there was a very high cost to pay um uh, with following Christ and what they were doing was this was you talked about it is, is if, uh if you're to come after me Luke 9:23 that and if you're following me you must uh deny yourself take up your cross and come after me is what Christ's saying and there's a high cost in that and he he tells them um uh count your cost count those costs and uh they would have had to count their cost that day when they said I'm going I been born again. I trust Christ. I want to follow Him. Now, guess what? Now, go 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 be baptized. That's a symbol telling to the world that you are laying that old life down, no longer a Jew, and now you're going to be a part of the church and following Christ. You know, the Bible doesn't say this uh, explicitly, but you think about it, this really weeded out the pretenders. That's back. Absolutely. It's real easy to profess Christ whispering over there in the guy's ear in that crowd so that, you know, Peter doesn't point his finger at you, I yeah. guess, or stare at you too long. Yep. It's another thing to say, no, I'm going to go through this act of baptism where everybody in this city can know, will know about it. And just a, it was just a huge uh, act for them to do, particularly in that time. I mean, you're, they would have been alienated from their whole family. They would have been most likely kicked out of, we don't want anything to do with you. Could have been killed as well. Most likely we see those that would have been killed as well because they were publicly identified as a Christian. Um, don't like, lose track of the timeline. This is just 50 days yeah, yeah. From the from the day they crucified Christ on on Calvary, it, 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 the the tensions were ratcheted up in Jerusalem at this time. And the Jewish leadership, I mean, I'm guessing after 50 days, they're still looking for Jesus's body. Yes, it, it doesn't really say, but it's not hard for me to imagine. They've still got a high bounty on somebody coming up with a corpse and put this whole Christianity thing to rest. And so this is in the back of these minds. These are three thousand men. These are three thousand. Is it believers? Which is believers, and they're saying. Yes to Christ. Okay, now be baptized. Now, now say that you are part of Him by symbolizing to the world. This is very important, and you know I think we've lost a lot of that sentiment today, Tom, because it's very easy to. We've just made baptism kind of a, a fast uh, food, almost as if it's just a uh, man. We'll, we'll take whoever you know. Just come on down. Just come on down. Now you want to be ba- you want to be baptized? Do you want to be baptized? Or we'll put it on Facebook and and or. He, on these, a lot of these uh, television uh, uh, evangelism type shows, uh, their baptisms never mentioned. And with all due respect to Billy Graham, you know they would do just as I am. People are coming down out of the third deck yep. of, of all these stadiums, yep. but nothing was, you know, highlighted about uh, now they need to be baptized in those uh, telecasts. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Uh, but but yeah, it's. Uh, 
Uh, now anybody that wants to be baptized is pretty much a candidate. There's no uh, uh, no going through that. But there were other things that this act symbolized besides just I'm taking on this new thing, whatever it is, which of course now we know was the church. I don't, you know, in Acts two, this thing is just a few minutes old. I don't, I don't really know they were putting all the pieces together like that, but there was a lot going on here as far as symbolism, and it's very uh, pretty elementary. I think most people understand that in the act of baptism, we are identif- identifying with Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. Now, that's pretty elementary. But there are other verses in the New Testament that Paul actually sheds even more light on this. We're more than just that. We're actually identifying ourselves with him to the point that his death was really our death. And when he was resurrected, that is our resurrection to eternal life and to our union uh, with uh, Christ in, in such an intimate, deep way and that now we have to be identified with him because we're really not we're really in in a very spiritual sense we're not separated from him at all you know, that, that's what baptism was testifying to Absolutely. and proclaiming. Well, Romans 6, I think, is what you're referring to. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ, and he's not talking about water baptism here, but... It, it this has, is dry baptism. This, yeah, this is yeah, not, water's yeah, not even involved no, in this No, 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 no exactly. But, but basically he's saying you've been immersed into Christ that have been immersed into his death, therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death in order that Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father so that we too might walk in newness of life. Yeah, this, this 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 water baptism thing, man, it was shouting a message. Mm. Why was it so necessary? Why 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 was it? Uh, well, you know, we've already talked about. Sure, it, it's an obedience to the first command we're given. Uh, if you want to look at it that way, well, it's just a it's just a test of have you really confessed him as Lord or not. You could look at it that way. But the the uh, second aspect of this thing that that I would want to bring out. Uh, in this identity with Christ. Well, go ahead. Yeah. So, well, so, I'm looking at my notes. Here. Yeah, let me, let me, let me tell, let me see this real quick. Let me, I think this is holding that thought real quick, Tom. Let me, let me say this. Um, John MacArthur says it like this, and I think it's very important. Just speaking, while we're speaking of baptism, right? He says this: a person could come into the water, and we're talking about, and we're going to get into immersion in a minute. But a per, talking about, because we were saying, what does baptism do for us? What is the what is the command? Why why do this? And he's saying, a person can come into the water and say this. He says, I hereby confess in my willing submission to this divinely appointed ordinance, my glad obedience to the command of my Lord and Savior. In this symbolic way, I show my identification with the one, speaking of Christ, who bore my sins, who took my place, who died in my stead, who was buried and rose again for my justification. As Christ went through the reality of suffering and death to secure my salvation, so by my immersion in water and coming out, I thus publicly declare my identification with my Lord in his death, burial, and resurrection on my behalf with the intention to walk with him in the newness of life. I'm so glad I had to look down at my notes and you got to jump in with that. That is beautiful. I, I think, man, I want to put that. that walks. Whew. I want, we're just in it. I got a little goosebumps, <laughs> okay. man. That, that walks. It's, but that's, I think that's, that's the thrust of what, uh, of what baptism is, is that's what we're saying is, is it, this is, the, this is what you're symbolizing here. And, and what I started to say a while ago, and I, and I wanted to, uh, uh, I was actually had my mind on something else I was checking, but, 
what was so important that they did, this wasn't just a test of obedience. Blake, let's be honest. Everybody can't sit at a microphone like you are and can and talk. Look, and can talk. And look as good as me. No. A lot. Well, <laughs> okay. Ha, ha. <laughs> but you know what I mean. I and do. you get up and speak. You know, you talked yep. about I was a teaching pastor. You're a teaching uh, fella for something. Yeah. Exactly. But you get up and teach. You don't, you know, you're not, you're not bashful about getting up in front of the crowd mm-hmm. or getting behind a podium. Most people struggle with that. Yes. That's just the way we're made. Most people struggle with that. And what baptism does for the Christian is it lets you proclaim the gospel and it lets you proclaim your personal testimony of what has happened with you without really having to say a word. And what an ingenious, thoughtful, merciful thing yeah. God did in, in, point. In, in the believers who would follow him. He actually gave them a pretty easy way to proclaim to the world that they were now his. Absolutely. Had become his. And and you know what? Uh, you don't have to get up and, and preach a, a three-point alliterated sermon to do that. You're right. In fact, baptism was so entwined with salvation back then. We see actually, we see that word, we see it um, used in the place of salvation so much. You'll, you'll go to, and I mean this, is you'll go to, you'll go to uh, countries, um, America, we're just, we've been so blessed, but we've, but it's, it's jacked us up. You'll go to a country where you are persecuted for your salvation and, and everybody, and, and you'll ask, have you been, they'll ask you, have you been baptized? That at that point, they, they recognize that not as, they're not looking at it as your salvation, as, uh, um, uh, as far as for salvation, they're looking at it as that's the that is the fruit of your salvation. Yeah, and it was so tied into that. But we have we have just jacked it up. The teaching of it, we have we have confused it. We talked about the confusing portion of it. Uh, in, in fact, we've we, we've got, we've, got we've we're so confused with it, Tom, that we've got several different ways to be baptized: sprinkling, half immersion, immersion. Talk a little bit about that as well. One of the things we uh, are going to be at Grace Community Bible Church in Dyersburg. Uh, we we are going to be an immersion, uh, an immersing church. People say, "Well, you're you're uh, being like the Baptist." In that regard, we are. Uh, we very much agree with the Baptist church. Hallelujah! We get something on, right on the. <laughs> on the uh, uh, yeah, we got some other stuff talking about. I know. Here. Well, that's just a different episode. And okay. I was raised Baptist people. Don't don't. <laughs> He's a Baptist. Listen to how he talks, guys. I mean, come on. Don't don't start calling. <laughs> But you're right. There there are options out there as to what form of water baptism you're gonna you're gonna choose to offer as a church. We're gonna offer immersion only. And, and yeah, explain why though. Why? Well, it's just first of all, it starts with the word baptized, uh, mm-hmm. which is not, by the way, an English word. <laughs> it's it's a transliteration. By the time the King James version was authorized, and they started translating. Uh, the Bible into English. It was such a hot topic. Baptism, because because now infant baptism, you got the Anabaptists. We'll talk about that, I think, in the next podcast. Yeah, You've got all this persecution going on within the church about whether or not you can even baptize infants or not. So rather than translate it, they just transliterated it, and they took the Greek word bapto and bab, uh, they took the word bapto and baptizo, just turned it into baptized. They didn't translate it because if they had translated it, it would have had to been translated as 
immersion. Immersion. And here's why. Wow. I'm, I'm, and that's that's oh, very good. That's a very good point. Hang on. That's a very good point. Is So it's transliterated, and there's a difference between transliterated, which is basically just taking that word and using that same word, and, and you're not... You're, just making it, it easier to pronounce. That's correct. But yet, translation would bring it into our English language so that we would be able to understand, or the German or whatever. So that's very interesting is, is that it would have come into immersion. Well, let's let's talk about why. Because somebody out there is going to say, oh, well, you're just... You, you want it to be immersion, so that's what you're going to make it mean. <laughs> and we'll have those folks, and that's fine. Yeah, but, but explain your <laughs> reason. Yeah, well, okay, let's start with the word bapto. Okay. B-A-P-T-O. That's it, a Greek word. Okay. Actually only shows up in the New Testament four times. And it just means to dip into. And it was used predominantly. It was, a, it was very much part of the vernacular of the, of the fabric industry back then. You know, uh, fabrics were dyed. They were, and that was a big deal. You know, you had uh, more expensive dyes, less expensive dyes. It was a status symbol or whatever. Mm-hmm. But bapto just meant uh, to to dip into something, like you would dip a, a French fry into, into ketchup. Okay. Right. Yeah. All right. The word baptizo, it appears very often in the New Testament, and it is just a more intensified version of bapto. And now instead of just saying dip into, you're saying you are dipping into completely. Now you're not dipping the end of the fry in the ketchup. Now you have you in that submarined <laughs> that, that French fry down, uh, down in there deep. And it means literally in the Greek to drown. Hmm. It hmm. means to drown. So, and here's the other interesting thing. The Latin equivalent to the Greek, let's just leave English out of it. The way the Latin is translated into Latin is immersio or submersio. Interesting. Like from where we get the word submarine. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So the so uh, when it was translated into Latin, they weren't afraid of it. When it was translated into English, it was too hot a topic to uh, to tr- to translate that way. So we we start there. Just the meaning of that Greek word, it means to submerge. Very important. Do you have any verses that we can look at here um, in which these are used in? Let's, 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 let's look at uh, three or four here. And the question I want to ask you as I read these. Yeah. Explain to me how baptism, water baptism, can be understood as anything but immersion or submersion in the context of these verses. Let's just listen to them, Okay. From Mark 1, starting in verse 4. This is going back to the ministry of John the Baptist when he's offering this baptism of repentance at the Jordan River. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. And all the country of Judea was going out to him and all the people of Jerusalem, and they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River. Now, if, if, if New Testament <laughs> baptism is sprinkling or what's called fusion, pouring, we'll just call it pouring, sprinkling or pouring, why are they having to go down in the river? That's a lot of trouble. You know, why wait out there in the river if they're just going to sprinkle a little water on top of your head once you get out there? Yes. Yes. Now, that's just, okay, well, I'm not going to build a church off one verse. Let's look at some others. Okay. Let's go to John 3, starting in verse 23. Now, John also was baptizing in Anon near Salim. This is on the Jordan River. Now he's pinpointing where he is. John pinpoints where he is on the Jordan River, okay? 
because there was an abundance of water there and people were coming and being baptized. So that begs the question, if we're sprinkling, why do we need to be at a particular place in the river where it's deep? You certainly don't need a river to, to sprinkle. And it doesn't have to be deep. It's true. And, and that conveys the idea it was deep enough to get people, I'm going to use old Southern phrase here, to get them baptized <laughs> proper. <laughs> but, but John makes it a point to tell us the reason he's there is because there was an abundance of water there. Well, Tom, I only look at what Christ has done. So I just want to follow in what Christ has done. So well, certainly well, he was sprinkled. Okay, well, let's go to Matthew 3, and, and let, let's, let's check you out there. Okay. Matthew 3, verse 16. This is talking about Jesus. After he was baptized, Jesus came up immediately mm. from the water. Well, I'll, I'll wait for anybody to explain to me how sprinkling, how sprinkling, we're, we're waiting becomes becomes part of that. Yeah, I'll throw a last one at you. Yeah, let, let's just get past let's let's get past the resurrection and the ascension. Yep, let's get into Acts after the church is established. Okay, say okay, you know we're in Acts two. We're talking about the church. Okay, what's what going on? What's going on with the church? Well, you, you can go to Acts chapter eight, verse thirty six. Everybody's pretty pretty familiar with the uh, Ethiopian eunuch. That story there when Philip shared the gospel with him. And verse 36, as they went along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? And he ordered that the chariot stop. This was an Ethiopian, by the way. Um, he was an African and uh, obviously of importance to have had a chariot. Th sure. th this, was a, this was a pretty noble uh, person that Philip had evangelized to. And he ordered, this verse 38, and he ordered that the chariot stop and they, talking about he and Philip, both went down into the water. And I would just argue this. People are going to a lot of trouble and they're getting a lot of clothes wet unnecessarily if this idea of immersion is not what's being talked about in all of these passages. Yeah, yeah. And then I would follow it up with this. How are you going to symbolize a burial? Good point. Good point. With, with, with the sprinkling. Absolutely. You don't. You don't get it. No, that it, you don't. You don't see that. You don't see the the uh, the being the 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 life being uh, buried into water symbolization and then coming out a newness of life. You know. That but it's a very common practice in the church today, even the evangelical church. There's a lot of sprinkling yeah. going on. Where did That's that come? From? Where did that come from, and why? Yeah. So yeah. Do you want to answer that, or are you just asking? I we can do that on this oh, podcast. Yeah, well, no, let's, or, or I, I want to move on. Yeah, we'll get to the next one. But uh, yeah, the, this pedo baptism. I want to talk about that next week. Uh, but uh, this, you're right. You've made the case, and it look, you know, from a biblical case, is that only immersion that is that is the whole body going up under and coming out fits the reality of which baptism is the picture. That's what we see here, and, and only immersion really fits the reality of 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 uh, of a of believer's salvation in Christ. Um, uh, now, is this a is this a first order issue? By no means, I, I would say is a is a what I I would say is I would say this: baptism is not a first order issue as is for salvation. Thief on the cross is what I'm looking at. Thief on the cross was not baptized for salvation. We know that, right? However, I would say is, is we need to be, I would say this, is if you've been, if you're a Christian and you've been 
baptized, but not properly baptized in the New Testament sense, maybe sprinkled or something, would you say that that person should follow in the ordinance of being... Uh, I'm very much an Anabaptist in that sense. I'm a re- and we'll talk about that the next yeah. podcast. What that means, Anabaptist means rebaptizers. These were people whose you know the church was baptizing every infant, and uh, we'll talk about that next week. But the Anabaptists came along and said, "No, the people who are truly born again, who who really come to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, are truly saved. Need to be rebaptized in kind of what we commonly call believers' baptism." Yeah, and um. And, and it was mostly immersion, what they were doing there. You know, I was thinking while ago, you said that is a, a, a first order. Uh, that can mean a lot of different things. I think it behooves the church to try to follow the New Testament, the New Testament pattern on anything yeah, as, I agree. as closely as we can. Uh, one of those things being how soon should you be baptized after <laughs> yeah. after yeah, uh, your, your conver- conversion. Uh, Paul, John MacArthur argues that the, the, uh, the New Testament examples, it was pretty quick. Yeah, we, we see the Philip. Yeah, we see the, the eunuch here. I mean, he was immediate. Where can I get? Well, Peter, you know, you know they got baptized that day on yeah. the day of Pentecost. Yeah. So, so you get into that, but I think it behooves the church to try to follow the New Testament pattern uh, as closely as it can where we can. And this whole idea, you say, well, what about the pouring? You know, that that's wetter than sprinkling and uh, the pouring on, on the top of the head, the crown of the head. Uh, I think you first have to make the argument that that all they put into the tomb was the top of Jesus's head to to, to make that case. Hmm. They, they didn't put the top of his head in that tomb. Where do we, they yeah. wrapped his entire body, hmm. and and the stone was rolled to seal it. His entire body was in that tomb, and that's what the water symbolizes. It symbolizes that tomb, uh, that that place of death, that place of dying unto self. Hmm. So you can really come at this immersion thing from a lot of from a lot of different angles, and when you start looking at the history of the sprinkling and the pouring, where these things started in the church historically, and why, it's not very difficult at all to to easily see that the New Testament clearly teaches immersion, and particularly in the context, you know, those four verses I gave you a while ago. They're going down into the water. They're going to a place on the river that's got an abundance of water. They're coming up out of the water. They're going down into the river. Yeah. None of these things correlate with the with, with a small amount of water, and and this idea of sprinkling or or pouring that, sure. that so many in the church uh, use today. And we should you're exactly right. We should be wanting to do what our what our Christ did. We want should be following his in his footsteps and what the apostles uh, said to do. And what what would the original audience understood that to be? This baptizo. This would have been immersion. They would have understood that. There would have been no no doubt in their mind. They you know we we import this these other things into the text when we. Not well, you got it. listeners, and we won't. We're not going to talk about it on this podcast. We'll pick it up on the next one. But uh, they would have not. They would not have in any way understood water baptism at this point in the church's history as a sign of any kind of covenant and that this had not replaced circumcision as, as the sign of the covenant. And we'll get into that more when Absolutely. we get into infant baptism. And I would say is uh, just to this is if you haven't been baptized and you're a born again believer today and you're saying, I, you know, I just haven't been baptized. I'm, I'm waiting on something or I don't know. I, w- I would say that you're in, first of all, you can't claim ignorance because you've been, we, we've, we've showed you, but yet you're in disobedience you, you this is this is what's commanded you, you you need to you need to be baptized you you need to be part of a church you need to be baptized you need to be taken in the ordinance of the lord's supper 
You need to be a part of these things for this is a command. And if this is this is the first command that we're called to do, if you can't follow that, then how do, how how would you be able to follow anything else? And so I don't I don't know what you're waiting on. I, I don't know, but uh, if you truly say that you're a born again believer, then I would implore you to go and uh, don't don't defy that. Don't defy Christ. And any listener who says, "Well, I have been baptized. I was just baptized as an infant." If you have not undergone believer's baptism, tune in for the next podcast, and uh, hopefully uh, hopefully you'll understand why maybe you need to rethink that. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Uh, this this infant baptism, you call it an in, indefensible doctrine. Well, let's, let's put that to the test next week, Tom. I appreciate you being here, man. It's always a joy and so good to be able to, uh, uh, to, be able to talk to you about these things, and you, you, you've, you've done so much good study on this. Uh, folks, if you want to reach out to us with any questions and concerns, please please uh, reach out to us at lifesongradio uh, at gmail.com, lifesongradio01 at gmail.com. I don't know why Jimmy Hicks made it like that, Jimmy, but it uh, makes it difficult. Check us out there. Um, so thankful that you came uh, and, and listened to us today. Thank for Tom. Uh, hit us up. Uh, like us, if you will. Subscribe to us. Do whatever you need to do. It's all free. Uh, we hope to see you next week for another episode of Life Song Radio. You've been listening to Life Song Radio. You can follow us on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to continue to study throughout the week, check out the resources available on our website at lifesongradio.com. See you next week for another episode of Life Song Radio.